It's one of the easiest Halloween costumes. But before the costume made its way into the party shop, the history of witches goes back a very long time. From the witch trials across the world to witch hunts that are still occurring today, over 60,000 people have been executed for being a witch. Their evidence, you ask? Well, it got quite creative. A girl answered a math problem. You know what that means. A witch! Today, we learn about witches. Let's come to our senses, everyone. This witch hunt is turning into a circus. She's the witch. Yeah, yeah she's the witch. Greetings and salutations. My name is Lucy, and welcome back to Learning Things. This week, we are doing witches because it's Halloween next week. I know I said that last week. I got my dates wrong, okay? <sighs> Enough of the tone. I can hear it from here. Halloween is next week, and what better opportunity for me to go to a costume shop and hire a witch costume. Yes, that's right. If you're on audio, I am serving witch today. And my hat, my witch hat, actually has a veil, which I... I witch. <laughs> I think could be quite practical if you took it on a camping trip to ward off mosquitoes. You just have to extend it around the front because, ironically, this veil doesn't actually go over the front of your face. But anyway, what is a witch? A witch is an old English word, and it is defined as someone who practices witchcraft, which doesn't help us at all. So what's witchcraft? The word witchcraft has good or bad meanings depending on where you are in the world, but in general, it means the changing of everyday events using supernatural or magical powers. <laughs> it's usually associated with the power of, of nature. So think Bonnie Bennett in Vampire Diaries, like fucking with leaves and stuff, medicinal plants, like rains and floods, that type B. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, witchcraft thus defined exists more in the imagination of contemporaries than in any objective reality. Yet this stereotype has a long history and has constituted for many cultures a viable explanation of evil in the world. From the 1400s to the late 1700s, it's estimated that 60,000 people, give or take, were killed. <laughs> due to suspicion of being witches. Now, witch doctors is a, a separate thing and not something we're covering, but I thought it would just be a nice little tidbit to put in here. Witch doctors are people who use magic to rid people of, like, illnesses or ailments that were caused by witches. So, you know, they are doctors for people who were fucked up by a witch. Witch doctor. Got it? Cool. Let's move on. So witchcraft has been around forever because if you think about the idea of like using a medicinal plant to cure mixed with the idea of like religion and chanting. I mean, witchcraft doesn't really stray far from a lot of cultural practices and ceremonies when you think of it like that. So the idea of something like witchcraft has been around forever. But the church was against witchcraft. They made it clear pretty quickly that they did not like it. Its viewpoint on the subject was covered in 900 AD and it said that witchcraft and magic were delusions and that those who believed in such things, quote, had been seduced by the devil in dreams and visions. Which is uh, like the first place where I get a little tripped up because like this is the same church that thinks exorcisms are appropriate. So yeah, not much more to say on that. Let's take a trip back to the 1400s. It's medieval Europe. It is the Middle Ages. 
90% of Europe are rural peasants living in little villages. Towns were built in a radius around the castle and each town was surrounded by these huge fortified walls that were meant to protect them or help them protect themselves against raids and outside evils. If a baby lasted to the age of one, its chances of surviving were 50% past that. The majority of their time was just spent working the fields, milking cows, making things, just preparing and working as hard as they could just to survive the next winter. They worked really hard and were always pretty frightened of at least five different things at one given time, including death. It wasn't a great time. Peasants also only drank wine and ale. And the source that I read this sentence from used the words never water, which is a frightening concept in and of itself and does indeed set the tone for one's mindset as a peasant in uh, medieval Europe. So when something went wrong and they didn't know how to explain it, they needed to be able to point a finger to blame it on something, whether it was a medical ailment or just like misfortune or crops dying or something. So if someone in the town was acting weirder than you think they had the right to, that was probably a witch. So in 1484, a clergyman named Heinrich Kramer made one of the first attempts to prosecute witches in his local community. He was, however, quite unsuccessful. He was expelled from the city and dismissed by the local bishop who labelled him as senile and crazy. And when I tell you this bishop was onto something, mm-hmm, because he was jaded, Heinrich Kramer, he was jaded. He was feeling sorry for himself and he needed to get back at them. He needed people to realise how dangerous witches were to the community. So he decided to write a little old book called the Malaeus Maleficarum, which sounds like a spell if you ask me, but, you know, it loosely translates to the hammer of witches. The Malaeus was a formal and systematic piece of writing that told you how to spot a witch, who to tell once you found one, and what that person should do with it once they'd caught it. It included some banger quotes, including, but not limited to, Witches are the greatest criminals against God and humanity. Witchcraft is a disease of the soul, which, like cancer, must be cut out before it spreads. One witch can do more harm than a thousand common thieves. Those who deny the reality of witches are only helping the devil in his work. Witches are not innocent until proven guilty. Rather, they are guilty until proven innocent. The Malaya said that you needed three ingredients in order for a witch to be able to do their witchy things. Evil intentions of said witch, the help of the devil, and the permission from God. And this is where we really get into the core of, uh, (laughs) um, I don't know, misogyny? Let's go. It argued that women are more susceptible to demonic temptations through the manifold weakness of their sex. It was believed that women were weaker in faith, and it honestly really just labelled women as these deviant beings who were so much weaker than men, and the only way they would be able to have any form of personality or power was if they had entered a deal with the devil. Quote, Women had loose tongues and a defective in all the powers of both the soul and the body. And then this is a quote from a website that uh, I don't know where they got this from, but they were, qu- they were referencing the Malaeus 
And it says, because women are the negative counterpart to men, they corrupt male perfection through witchcraft and must be destroyed. Okay, so in order for you to be ready for your new job as a witch hunter, I have collected these helpful tips and tricks for you to catch a witch. Now, these are directly from the Malaeus Maleficarum, so I need you to take them seriously. It was an analytical book, and if you want any success in witch hunting, you need to respect and follow these rules. This is how you find a witch. Number one, is she a woman? That's it. Because, you know, we've covered how deviant women can be. Number two, does she look like a witch? Not kidding. That yep. They also pointed out to like if if they had like grey hair and like potentially were like hobbling around that they were a witch. So hide your grandmas, I guess. Number three. Does she weigh more than a stack of Bibles? This was one of the tests they did. If someone was accused of being a witch, they would measure the weight of a decided amount of Bibles stacked on top of each other. And if you weighed more than that stack of Bibles, which number four, does she weigh less than a stack of Bibles? Because depending on which region you were in, that, that rule kind of flipped it on its head. The only way you were certain to pass that test is if you weighed exactly the weight of a stack of Bibles. Number five, does she float? They used to tie up alleged witches onto like a dunking chair and then just dunk them in a river or a body of water. If she popped back up, she was a witch. If she did not, she was not a witch. What she was, was drowning, but anyway. Number six, does she talk to herself? <laughs> oh, dude, I'm fucked going through this list. Number seven, does she have a mole or a mark on her face? Freckles, mayhaps? That's a witch. Because the only reason people had moles was because they had entered into a pact with the devil. True story. Number eight. When you prick her, does she bleed or not? Because if she does not bleed, she is a witch. And the fun part about this one is that they believe that is when retractable blades were invented. You know those like gimmick knives that when you go to, they use them on TV and movies all the time. When you stab someone, the blade just retracts into itself so you're not actually hurting them. They would do that when they were trying to frame a woman for being a witch. They would make, they, they fucking changed the world of Hollywood so we can thank them for that. But they also murdered women. It was so deceitful, so trickful, you know? That's witchcraft to me. Because naturally, when you stab someone with a retractable blade, I don't think they're going to draw blood. No, sir. A witch. And number nine, does she know the Lord's Prayer, and can she recite it perfectly? This was one of the ways you could kind of get a point on the board for not being a witch if you could indeed recite the Lord's Prayer perfectly. One poor, poor woman accidentally said, lead us into temptation. She dropped the knot. The line is, lead us not into temptation. And what a blunder to make, really. Like, in, in terms of cooking your goose, she really did indeed scorch it. So she was quickly hanged for basically asking God to lead us all into temptation. How dare she? And then one other guy who read it perfectly was also sentenced to death because they believed that he read it so well due to witchcraft. 
I've done the math and I am a witch according to at least five or six of these guidelines. So now you've got your witch. Who do you tell about it? Everyone. Tell everyone. Go as far and as high up as you can and tell them. Tell your neighbor, tell your family, tell your friends, but don't tell your dog. Because if you talk to a dog, then that indeed would make you a witch. Now, once they caught the witch, the Malayas recommended torture and deception in order to get a confession out of a witch. You know, obviously think the fucking retractable blade. Think sentencing people to death even if they did read the Lord's Prayer properly. Like, they, there were no rules. Now, here is where it could go one of two ways. You could either, A, deny that you are a witch, still get taken to jail or hanged or, you know, tortured, whatever it is, or B, confess to being a witch, acknowledge your wrongdoings and promise, make a pledge to live life more faithfully. And most key to this option, rat out as many other witches as you can on the spot. So naturally, this created an environment where you've got a woman who legit just got caught talking to herself one day, and now she's tied up in front of the whole town, deliberating this decision, and she has a moment to herself and goes, yeah, fuck it, I'm a witch, you got me. Yep, sorry, but here are all the others I know of. Before the 1400s, like, not many people got in trouble for witchcraft. Yes, there were people who were killed for being a witch, but not to the extent that we see after the Malaeus Maleficarum was released. This book created such a hysteria it's hard to understand, but it might help if I tell you that for over a hundred years, this book was the most sold and owned book, second only to the Bible. And tragically for, I'm going to say women living in this time, it became the handbook. The Salem Witch Trials. So now we know how to catch and dispose of a witch. We're going to skip ahead to the 1600s. We are in Salem, which is known now as Den Danvers. Danvers in Massachusetts, they weren't in a good place, metaphorically. It was a tricky colonial type beat situation where they were constantly having issues with the Native American population. There were issues with property lines, grazing rights, church privileges. It was just a mess. They were very unsettled. So in February of 1692, when two young girls started having fits and like seizures, this is where the action really kicks off. They would apparently scream and throw things around the room. They would make strange noises, contort themselves, crawl under tables, like all the Emily Rose stuff. The girls were named Betty, who was nine, and her cousin Abigail, who was 11. They were also the daughter and niece, respectively, of Reverend Samuel Paris, so you'd assume this would make them somewhat safe. Quite the opposite. The girls started complaining about being, like, pricked with a needle or pinched, even though there were no physical ailments and no evidence of anyone actually pricking them visibly. They knew that this was nothing of their world. And then other young girls in the village started doing similar things. At the time, medicine was just passing out of the realms of folklore. Like, it really, they really didn't know what was going on. And apparently we still don't have enough knowledge of the situation to actually know what was happening to those girls today. There's estimates, but at the time they were able to say that it wasn't an epileptic seizure, but... These people were lying about everything, so I don't know how to trust them at all. Or if indeed they were faking it. I mean, bless those little girlies. I have done some things in my time to get attention. Haven't we all? 
So eventually they asked the girls, is there a witch playing tricks on you? <laughs> and they listed three names. Yes, they did. Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tituba. Tituba was an older woman who went by one name, like Adele. Tituba was up first. She was black. She was from the West Indies, but that kind of changes depending on what source you're looking at. So don't hold me to that, okay? She was a target because of her ethnic differences, which was a huge issue at the time. Like if you were looked even slightly different, <laughs> a witch. And also she was accused for telling stories and scaring kids, I guess. So she knew that no one was going to be on her side. But instead of sitting there and being like, I'm not a witch, I'm not a witch, she was clever enough to work out that she could just kind of like rewrite the narrative. So she claimed that she had been in discussions with the devil and the devil had given her all the other names of the other witches in the town. So she went to jail for a bit but ended up getting released. Sarah Good was accused because of her reputation. She was accused of rejecting self-control and discipline. You and me both, babe. Then Sarah Osborne. She was a witch because she rarely attended church meetings and had her own self-interests in mind because she had just remarried and her previous relationship, she was accused of trying to control the inheritance of the son from the previous marriage. So <laughs> the perfect moment here to let you know that that was another way people were accused of being witches. If you just didn't like someone, you could just accuse them of being a witch. Brothers and sisters, there is still a witch among us. Let us throw open the floor to uh, wild accusations. I accuse Goody Badwife. Uh, we killed her on Sunday. Well, there must be someone here we can accuse. They, however, weren't the last, obviously, because then this episode would be about six minutes long. Uh, one woman expressed skepticism on the credibility of the trials so far. <laughs> and that was brave of her because when she challenged the credibility, that indeed made her too a witch. But this woman was high up in society. She was a covenant she was a covenanted covenanted member of the Salem church. And so this kind of created this fear in everyone because they were like, well if she can be a witch Everyone can be a witch. So with every new witch on the stand who the women in the village worked out that if you just named other people, they would let you go or just like get a slap on the wrist. There was basically a warrant out for every woman in the village. And it became a culture where originally, yes, there was a court, like a cause that there were girls going through some shit and they couldn't understand it. But it, it turned into something where you didn't need to have a reason anymore you could just start, like, looking out at people and being like, I think that's a witch. There's a reason it's called a witch hunt these days. Like, that, this is where it comes from. This is looking at anything and everything they can to claim that you are a witch. Going back to the quote from the Malayas, those who deny the reality of witches are only helping the devil in his work. People who were sceptical ended up getting in trouble themselves. So it was just this big fear campaign that everyone was involved in because they were terrified. They, A, believed in witches wholeheartedly, and B, wanted to get rid of them, and C, everything around them was telling them if they were sceptical, they too would end up a witch. <laughs> I've got to stop saying that. It's so fun, though. A witch. Negative B plus or minus radical B squared minus 4AC over 2A. That's correct. A girl answered a math problem. You know what that means. 
A witch! But eventually they put it to bed in Salem. Governor Phipps asked uh, a couple of people to write down like their interpretation of the events and what was going on, kind of like a record. And a bloke named Increase Mather, his first name was Increase. I actually quite like that. He went public with a strong opposition to the use of spectral evidence. Spectral meaning like ghost, wispy, you can't really see it. You know, shit evidence, basically. And he said, it were better that 10 suspected witches should escape than one innocent person be condemned. And to that I say, go you, increase. So Phipps was keeping a close eye on what was going on, but it wasn't until he got back from a trip that he realised his own wife was about to be on the stand for being a witch. And he was like, okay, stop it, guys, that's enough. He dissolved the court and that marked the beginning of the end for the Salem witch trials and there were no more executions after that point as well. According to Len Neoff, a professor at the University of Michigan Law School, the trials didn't end because people stopped believing in witches. They ended because people stopped believing the trials were doing an effective job at identifying who the witches were. But the myth of burning the witch actually never happened in Salem. It happened everywhere else. The clear witch trials. It's argued as the biggest witch trial in history. The clear witch trials in Germany. In Salem, only 19 witches were put to sleep inhumanely. In these trials, it's estimated that about a thousand witches were killed, and across Germany, the number is close to 7,000. It's a little earlier than the Salem trials, but only by about 100 years. A man named Johann von Schonenberg was appointed Archbishop of Trier, and he wanted to come into office with a bang. He wanted to prove to the area that he meant business. So he ordered the purging of three groups in society. First, the Protestants. They didn't like them. Then, the Jews. And finally, the witches. In the span of six years, 368 people were burned alive for sorcery in 22 villages. And by the end of the six years, two villages were only left with one female inhabitant. This was such a big deal that pamphlets that were made up to kind of describe what was going on, kind of like a newsletter or a newspaper, but just in a little clipping that would just make its way, it reached as far as Denmark. And the pamphlets were kind of serving as, as like a warning to other areas of what can happen when something gets out of control. But Copenhagen took it another way. They were like, hold on, I think we too need to burn some witches. But they only burned 17, so a little bit of a weaker effort on the witch hunting front from them, but they still tried, so we give them props for that. And then in Scotland, between 4,000 to 6,000 people were estimated to be tried for witchcraft. This was between the late 16th century and mid-18th century. 75% of the accused were women, naturally. We've been through this. We're fucking awful. And they estimate over 1,500 people were executed. Most were, however, strangled and then burned, which is, I think is a much nicer way to go than being burned alive. I... That one is, that is, that's got to be one of the worst ways, surely. Let's discuss. <laughs> if they're really witches, why don't they use their powers to escape? That sounds like witch talk to me, Lisa. Never mind. Witch belief today. People believe in witches all over the place. In 2005, they did a poll of people from the UK 
and found that 13% believed in witches. And America's belief was at 21%. And weirdly, witch trials are still very much occurring. The UN have found that witch trials are actually increasing and they are almost always violent and sometimes people are killed. So thinking back to the Middle Ages in terms of why people would result to witches being the cause for whatever they were going through, naturally it was a lack of education, a lack of medical education, and the story is basically one and the same to the vampire outbreaks. If you haven't seen that episode, give that a go, because if you liked this one, <laughs> honey, you got a big storm coming. When people get sick, witchcraft is sometimes seen as the cause so naturally, in places where there is poor medical care and poor education, witch trials are occurring more frequently there. I'm saying are occurring because I'm not kidding, they are. According to the World Health Organization, nearly 25% of pregnant women in Zambia are affected with HIV or AIDS. Men, women and children are accused of spreading HIV and AIDS through witchcraft. Some of the accused are leaders in the scientific community or government advisors. So-called witch hunters have been known to kill those accused of witchcraft with a so-called poisonous tea. In one town in Zambia, a witch hunter killed 16 people in less than four months. In Papua New Guinea, it's pretty common. In 2009, a little girl was burned alive because she was accused of using witchcraft to infect men with HIV or AIDS. And then a month later, a father and his son were also burned to death after accusations. In Papua New Guinea, once someone is suspected of witchcraft, they can be tortured in order to extract a confession to prove their crime. Methods of torture include beating, sometimes with barbed wire, hanging over fire, burning with hot irons, cutting, flaying, and amputation of body parts, and raping, which I hate that word, but yeah. In November of 2017... A little girl was blamed for the illness uh, of her cousin and her cousin was diagnosed with what is known as, I'm definitely going to butcher this, I apologize in advance, kai kai lewa, which means to eat the heart. And this diagnostic is like very intertwined with witchcraft for them. Um, it, it's where a witch uses black magic to remove and eat a person's heart. So shortly after this was diagnosed, um, the girl was abducted and she was tortured for five days. She was hung like by her ankles from the ceiling and whacked with hot machetes in an attempt to force an admission out of her. And they were also yelling at her to, to return her cousin's heart. Yeah, again, in terms of Papua New Guinea, like the Middle Ages, they are going through turmoil. They've got rapid development going on over there at the moment um, and China has put in like $5.9 billion worth to give you an idea. So a lot of native people are just being forced out from where they live and the areas that they're in and this kind of, you know, environmental turmoil can really lead to a fear of the unknown, which, you know, as we've covered, witches and even things like social media aren't actually helping <laughs> Because it's actually making it easier for people to accuse other people of being witches because it spreads so much faster. And I'd just like to say, this is, I am not trying to encourage what's going on over there. But if you're listening, TikTok, could you please put me on Papua New Guinea witch talk, please? I would like that algorithm just for a day. I just want to see what's going on over there. Moving over to Africa, in 2008 in Kinshasa, 
Kinshasa, I'm so sorry, in the Congo, there were rumours that a famous soccer player used witchcraft to incite a riot that ended up killing 13 people. And just like our old friend Tichuba from Salem, people who look different in Africa are often the victim of witch trials. In Tanzania, albino people are in danger of being killed for their skin and body parts. Since 2007, more than 50 albinos have been killed for ritual use. Tanzanian witch doctors believe the arms, legs, skin and hair of albinos have special magic in them and that their use will bring their clients good luck in love, life and business. In West Gambia, President Yaya Yame Jame of the Gambia believes that he is being targeted by witches. And according to Amnesty International, 1,000 Gambians have been accused of being witches, arrested and tortured on orders from the president. Also to note, he claims that he is able to cure AIDS on a Thursday, only Thursdays. And any doctor who has disagreed with him has been fired. In the Western world, common sense and logic tends to prevail. For a couple of reasons, usually. If your view is so far left field that it can't be supported with any hard shell evidence, or on the other side of that camp, if your theory can be cancelled out by scientific evidence and put to bed, people are going to look at you a bit funny. So we tend to leave the witchcraft to pop culture and, like, you know, the witchy shit that um, a lot of people do with, you know, like crystals and stuff like that. Like, no one really cares unless you're surrounded by people, people who are particularly religious and then, again, it depends on what religion it is. It's a scapegoat. Sometimes when I'm going through it, in life, I'll Google when Mercury retrograde is on so that I can blame it on that. It's the same shit. The only difference is no one gets burned alive or hanged after I confirm that the reason that I want to quit my job and become a trapeze artist is because Mercury is indeed in retrograde. People have always tried to come up with reasons to explain their own bad luck and conversely someone else's good luck. Some go as far as to say that the only way that some people are successful is because they've entered a pact with the devil, like think the Illuminati, that kind of thing. But it is definitely still an interesting story. And I've got to say, every time I do a topic like this, whether it's this or marriages or even vampires, I'm just bombarded with this idea that women really weren't considered actual human beings until about 100 years ago. (laughs) And they're still not in so many contexts. It's just bizarre. There was something else I read about Papua New Guinea that I'm just I'm just reading this directly from Wikipedia. Arguably, witch hunts have also been caused more specifically by jealousy of women who in recent years have gradually become more financially independent. For instance, more and more women now own businesses, become lawyers, healthcare professionals and run for government office. People have corroborated the idea saying that when young Papua New Guinean men see women take on traditional male roles in society... They wish to reassert their power and retaliate, leading to witch hunts and brutal acts of violence against vulnerable female community members. And like, I mean, that just really hits the nail on the head. It's like, work on yourself, guys. We're good over here doing our witchy shit. And I guess that's the moral of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you are on audio, please make sure you are following the show and give it a rating if you haven't already. And I will see you guys next week. Adios.